Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Oh, goodness. All right, welcome in. There are days, and there are days, and today was a day. Uh, it's great to have you with us. Thanks for taking uh, some time to be with us here after we digested uh, what uh, was uh, a perplexing, a frustrating, a uh, embarrassing loss. Fair to say? 11-1 the final. Memphis over uh, East Carolina in the uh, first game for the Pirates of the conference tournament. Carson Stinnett was uh, unreal and pitched very well for the Pirates, but uh, ECU just uh, could not get anything going uh, today. Tyler Smith breezed through his first couple of innings and uh, seemed to lose command of his fastball, and the wheels came off, and uh, ECU uh, will uh, drop this uh, game as the number one seed again to the eighth seed in this event. And uh, now... Since they claimed the conference regular season, the Pirates have managed to scratch across a total of three runs. And uh, it is, uh, look, it is, uh, it's not a good day, and it's uh, certainly a tough, a tough outing. We, we have some highlights, as few as there are, uh, but a handful of those to get to here. Uh, and uh, we will, if, if, if we've kind of gone back and forth on this, but I, I, I think the idea is, yeah, we'll take calls. I mean, obviously, I think there's a lot to get off the chest. 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. There's a, you know, every baseball, the thing about baseball is this. My my dad, the coach, told me this years ago. If there's a sport everybody has played. By the way, hello to Derek uh, Alcorn. He is uh, producing. Uh, How you doing, Patrick? Today. Good to see you. It's good to see you, too. This is a quaff of hair you have. I, I This is quite a quite a lot of hair. I've never. I figured I'd grow it out this year. Yeah. Uh, You've done that. You've achieved that. I'll say that. I think Ben had enough producing the game today. Ben had to go. He was ready to get out of here. He was. He was. But uh, good to see you. Haven't uh, We've talked. We haven't seen a lot of each other here since uh, the fall, really. So uh, it's great to, to have him in today. And, and be kind to Derek. Derek will be kind to you if you choose to call in. Here's the thing that, uh, you know, a lot of second guessing of why didn't you throw Gavin uh, Williams today. And I, and I kind of understand that. But on paper, ECU is supposed to beat the number eight team, who was putrid coming in. I mean, just dreadful coming in. Had been awful. Now, these teams have not played each other since the second week of April. And I realize a lot has changed, but not a lot has changed for Memphis. Memphis was still stinky. Not very good. But today, they uh, hung a five spot on the Pirates in the third. And again, when we go through the highlights, part of that's a little deceiving because they plate the tying run early on without even lifting the bat off their shoulder. The wheels just came off, unfortunately, for the senior Smith. Uh, and then they hang four more on him in the fifth. It's nine to one at that point. Everybody wants to gripe and moan about the double play. They had nothing to do. I mean, it's a botch call, but. You know, yeah, the Pirates would have had one on and two out, but that didn't that 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 was really the only sign of life. 
Um, ECU uh, manages five hits today, just the one run. Uh, Memphis only with eight hits, but they score 11 runs. A couple more in the seventh. That run ruled the Pirates. It's one thing to get beats, another thing to get run ruled. That's kind of, that's tough. Not going to lie, that's tough. Uh, always anonymous text line. Dropping in on uh, some knowledge here. Uh, Memphis was 17 and 38. That they were. I'm breaking out the damn Elijah Craig. Save one for me. It's a pretty good one on the Always Anonymous text line. Uh, there's embarrassing and there's whatever the hell this is. <laughs> a lot of frustration out there today. And look, end of the year losing two in a row. It was interesting. We, we talked to Coach Godwin Monday, as we always do yesterday. Boy, it seems like. The longest, uh, two days have been the longest month of, of my life, it seems like. But yesterday, Coach talked about, you know, after they won the regular season a couple of years ago in, in Wichita, uh, coming out and just kind of, I mean, you see it time and time again, especially in baseball. It's a long season, even at collegiate level. You come out, you win the regular season, it comes down to the last few games, and then the team comes out and you, and, you know, they lose the next day. Happens all the time. See it all the time in the big leagues. Seen it in the minor league level, covering games there. Even at that level where their guys are, are young guys, but they're pros. It is it is such an accomplishment in baseball because it is a marathon to win the regular season. And especially this year with these four-game series. It's like the team could exhale. You know, Cliff asked them, do they want guys want days off? If they felt like they were tired. You know, take a day off. Well, they came out and didn't look particularly good last Friday. Played better, but still got beat pretty soundly on Saturday. And then they come out today, just a couple of days later. And, um, you know, even with the couple losses to end the regular season, everybody's still feeling pretty good. D1 Baseball puts their projection out today, and ECU is top 10 national seed. And, you know, you can make some gripes about exactly how and who's going to be placed in the regional you know, South Carolina, according to D1 Baseball, a lot of people don't like that, but still. And then I, I, I just think about it's such, a, it's such a game of momentum. And, you know, really everything in sports now has become a tournament. And it's even less at the college level, the conference tournament. I mean, basketball has proven this. It, the, the, the conference tournament, unless you're in a low major league, is really not a big deal anymore. Uh, in basketball, because you're going to get multiple bids in, in most, in probably six or seven, eight leagues. So the conference tournament's no longer a big. Now, in baseball, you know, I realize different sports it's a little different, but if you're ECU, you know you're going to the postseason. You're very likely going to host. Now, you come up tomorrow against Cincinnati and, you know, don't show up. Becomes tough. I still think they've done enough to, to even if they are bounced tomorrow, be a top. 16 national seed and, and host, but instead of being closer to that 10-11 line, they might be closer to that 15, 14, 15, maybe 16 line. Uh, because they have certainly lost three games to teams that they are su- far superior in talent-wise to. And that they are, I mean, just a couple of teams with, with records that shouldn't be beating ECU. Again, I, I, I kind of understand Friday. You know, Cliff Godwin wasn't happy about it. I get it. I get Friday, though. It's a big exhale. 
your guys who earn the regular season say they're still good to go and they want to go, and Cliff, being the player's coach he is, lets them go. No problem. Come out Saturday, you play better, but you still lose. <sighs> Probably should have won. You know, you could argue, well, you should win both. Those. Well, yeah. Today, though, just felt different. It, it never, the whole thing never really, never really felt good. And I think back to something that, when I did the telecast for the final regular season game on ESPN plus with Jake Jacobs and Jake said this, the postseason, especially conference tournament play, but just the postseason is going to be a lot different because everybody's got veteran guys back and everybody's got older guys back. Even the bad teams have guys back that have a lot of experience and Memphis has had a history of doing this in that tournament before. Uh, just a, a wild scene, a, a tough, tough loss, and uh, not a good start. So now the Pirates will be back tomorrow. Uh, so we'll have no show tomorrow, but they'll be back uh, 3 o'clock will be the first pitch from uh, Clearwater, ECU, and Cincinnati. Cincinnati got beat 14-10 to 10 by uh, UCF earlier today. Uh, the uh, highlights, and we'll get to them here in a few minutes. Probably save that for our second segment, do a little pirate report with that. A couple of other notes, uh, kind of much happier notes. Joe West, Greenville native son. Uh, tonight is the night that uh, he will become the guy who's umpired more baseball games than anybody else in the uh, history of the game. 75-year-old Joe West, who is taking a little bit of a uh, modified schedule over the last few years. Doesn't doesn't quite necessarily do the full season anymore. The game tonight between the uh, Cardinals and White Sox in Chicago, an interleague game. Uh, report, of course, the commissioner will be there. The Oak Ridge boys will be there. Might need to bed back with little Oak Ridge boys at some point today. Uh, you know, Joe West made a country album. So he knows those guys. Uh, Jim McMahon, the Bears icon, will be there. Emmy Lou Harris, speaking of singers, 14 Grammys. Country singer Emmy Lou Harris. And reportedly there's going to be, I, I guess, Cowboy Joe's got another 130 guests and friends that are going to be in Chicago for this game. Uh, scheduled to work his 5,376 game. So that'll break Hall of Famer Bill Clem's mark that has stood for uh, 80 years. Uh, pretty pretty amazing stuff. Uh, umpire, umpires really don't work more than 120 games, roughly, a, a season now. Uh, they spend some time in the instant replay office in New York. So, I mean, it would take an amazing bit of longevity to pass Joe West if that, that ever is the case. But uh, there he is at, at, at uh, the spry age of 75, still umpiring behind home plate. I think he's working third tonight, which they you know, obviously do when you are at home. You're at third the next night. And, I, and we've been hard on Joe West here. I would say not. nobody likes the refs or the umpires in any sport. I don't care what it is. Uh, but Joe West is the guy who has, uh, you know, certainly, and he's earned it, you know, kind of done it his way. He, there's a some flamboyance with Joe West, and uh, <laughs> he is—he uh, has certainly earned all of that. 
But uh, congratulations to him. Greenville native son played uh, a freshman year of football at ECU. And uh, I think it was Carl Sumrall who he was backing up, and he realized he wasn't going to beat him out, so he decided to transfer and then went to play football at Elon. But was on some uh, Rose football teams and then went to ECU for a freshman uh, year or a year of freshman football, then uh, transferred out to Elon. And then uh, it was Claude Kennedy who told me a couple of weeks ago at the George Whitfield thing that uh, Wes came to him one summer and was kind of looking for something to do. And so he, Claude Kennedy kind of started him umpiring Legion baseball just on a whim. And I think I have that right. We probably need to get Claude on to have him tell that story because it was just a fabulous story. And uh, yeah, so he started umpiring, and there you go. Joe West becomes the man. Uh, a career after that, just looking for a summer job, it becomes a, a long-time career. Uh, Kane's also in action tonight, an all-important game five. And uh, this will be uh, coming up tonight against uh, the Predators in Raleigh, an 8 o'clock face-off. I'll be lucky to be awake for that one, Derek. That's a little. We're we're on the we're right on the the verge of usually the Tuesday night bedtime when we hit eight o'clock. They're trying to take out the older folks first. Well, they're taking me out. They're taking me out. Absolutely, you're 100 percent correct about that. They are taking me out because that's a tough one to get. Uh, I, I might be able to make it through a period tonight. Probably could get through a period. Usually, you've made it to like the second period, then I got to tap out. But I I think I I could get a period. They're playing at 9:30 on Thursday. See, I won't make that one either. No, no way. Uh-uh. Might as well start that thing. At, uh, you have a better chance of me seeing it if you started it at 3 in the morning than you than you do at 9.30 at night. Uh, our pal Brian LeBlanc will be along a little later. We'll have him preview that. He'll be on his way to uh, the uh, arena, and uh, that game five will be played, a crucial game in that series tonight between the Canes and Predators from uh, Raleigh. Tough, tough, I mean, embarrassing and frustrating loss today for the Pirates. Uh, uh, just uh, a head-scratcher. ECU gets uh, defeated 11-1. They get run-ruled, beaten after seven, and bounce to the loser's bracket of the uh, American Athletic Conference Tournament in Clearwater. The highlights, as they were, more appropriately lowlights, when we come back with our Pirate Report and uh, more still to come. Stay with us. Neil Armstrong waited six hours and 39 minutes to step onto the surface of the moon. Jackie Robinson waited 20 months to play his first game with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And even DiCaprio had to wait 22 years to win an Oscar. You can wait until your destination. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Tweet at us <gasps> at nine four three the game. Oh, a friend at P Man on air. It's not like a cult, is it? Sound off and tell us what's on your mind. Ninety four three the game and P Man on air on Twitter. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on ninety four three the game and ninety four three the game dot com. Memphis stunning ECU in the ACC AAC tournament uh, opener. Run ruling them. The eight seed Tigers winning 11 1. Pirate reporter uh, 
That's all right. Well, we'll go ahead and go to the Pirate Report. Just get the uh, cuts up there. We don't need for the fancy uh, introduction. We'll just uh, run through uh, things uh, here and uh, run through what uh, the the uh, the highlights as they were. You heard uh, earlier here this afternoon on uh, the flagship of the Pirates, 94-3 the game. Things did start promisingly enough. Connor Norby leading off the Pirate half of the first with a dinger. As he swings and drives one deep left field down the line, and it is out of here. Connor Norby with a leadoff home run, and East Carolina is off with a bang here in Clearwater. In case you're just uh, joining us, that was the only Pirate run today. And it wasn't like that held up. No, no. Things uh, were going swimmingly through the uh, first couple of innings for the uh, senior starter, uh, Smith, Tyler Smith. But uh, we'll started to come off. Memphis tying the game with the bases loaded. Three balls, two strikes, and the pitch. Misses high, and it's tied at one. Three walks and a hit batter. Memphis has not swung the bat once in this frame, and they've tied the game, and now the guys who can really do some damage are here. Ooh, Tyler Smith uh, took the loss today. He goes two and a third's innings, uh, two hits, five runs, three walks. As you heard uh, Corey Glor mention there, a hit batsman, and uh, things did uh, come off. Uh, the wheels did come off. In fact, uh, the Tigers went on to go ahead and plate more runs uh, in that inning, already leading two to one. They added uh, to the uh, the score in that frame with this hit. Goodman's going to lob one down the right field line. That drops in the corner for a base hit. Here comes Webb around third. He scored the balls bobbled by Johnson and right. This is going to bring in Wilson to score as the relay is late, and it is four to one Memphis. They'd go on to add another run. It was five one at that point. Uh, Pirates don't answer in the bottom of the third. Memphis scoreless in the top half of the fourth. Uh, in fact, the Pirates uh, goose eggs all the way, so nothing across in the fourth. We. Uh, See, the Tigers add to their tally. In the uh, fifth inning, they go ahead 9-1 uh, to one midway through the game, a four spot in the fifth inning after getting into the ECU bullpen. And then, you know, a lot was made about this play on social media. And, you know, it was maybe the only real signs of, of life till the seventh inning that the ECU offense had, had shown. Up to that point, the only sign of life they had shown. Uh, you know, but it's not like this ended up costing you the game. They had a lot of road to hoe uh, still ahead of them. They were on the comeback trail in a big way, but there was this bizarre instance on a double play where the Memphis fielder didn't step on the bag, threw to first. He was The runner was initially called safe. This is kind of divided up into two plays. This is the beginning of the play there, and then what leads to the uh, – what leads to the to, to the first review? This was an ECU review, uh, so this again, courtesy of the uh, Pirate IMG Network from uh, Learfield. Uh, again, you heard it today here on ninety four three. The game. Here's the first uh, cut of this just bizarre phantom out on the double play, the lead out. Uh, anyway, let's let's hear it. Giles hits a one hopper to third. Trella over to second for one relay. That's two. Oh, no, they called safe at first. That must have pulled Swanberg off the bag. And now Jeff Palumbo wants the out at second reviewed as well. First base coach, associate head coach Jeff Palumbo wants to know 
if Braden Webb, the second baseman, was on the bag when he fielded the throw. And the call at first is safe. So we'll see here. Right now, there's one on, two out. But the Pirates might want to get a look at this to see if there will be a couple on with one away. So that was the initial review. Now, under that initial review, you couldn't review the the play at first. That was not going to be what they were looking at. How the umpires missed this call on the review is perplexing. Because, I mean, the, the Memphis player was nowhere near the bag. I'm not talking, you know, kind of skidded it. And you look at it, you okay, you know, that's the umpire assuming that he, he was no, it would be like saying you're in downtown, you're in uptown Greenville, but instead you're uh, in Aiden. I mean, that's, and that may even be too close. So then Memphis, by benefit of this botched replay, gets the out. They want to, they want to have the out at first review because, I mean, as you heard Corey say there, out meaning it was a he, – he thought initially with the naked eye of the play that that Giles was out. Uh, so this winds up being a very strange double play because Memphis then called for the review, and, and this is the, uh, the announcement of that by Corey after the Memphis review to, to lead to this very strange double play. Now we're done with review for this one. What do we have here? He's out there. That is a backbreaker for East Carolina here in the fifth. You know, again, they'd have had a couple on with one out, and maybe they would have gotten something going. But, I mean, that, and that was a big momentum, a, a stymie to the Pirates' momentum. But, you know, by no means is what lost them the game today, I, I don't think. And, I, and I, I'm not disagreeing with what Corey said there. I mean, that was a big you know, just when you start to show some signs of life, you maybe it's midway point of the game. You could take this thing, you can answer Memphis and start to cut into this lead. But uh, that that was just a badly adjudicated effort there all the way around. Umpires are going to miss plays like, you know, the call at first, whether it was out. Or, I mean, that's that's why you have replay. But to to come in with the guys nowhere near the bag and call it out is is embarrassing. And it's it's it should be embarrassing for the league. As we said, there aren't a ton of highlights in this package here. So here's the final out. Two balls and two strikes. Metoxin delivers. Swalk, I'm out swinging. That's your ball game. Memphis run rules East Carolina here in day one of Clearwater. Yep, 11-1, the final uh, score there. And uh, Metoxid comes in and strikes out two in two-thirds uh, of work. Look, give, uh, let's give uh, Memphis credit. Let's give uh, Stennett credit. Six and a third innings. Scatters the five hits, just one run. Struck out three, walked two. Didn't, didn't really do a whole lot as far as putting batters on today. He threw a very low amount of pitches, just 88 pitches in six and a third innings. Kind of a breezy day. Pirates didn't really help him out a whole lot. Bottom of the order continued to kind of struggle. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that a lot of strikeouts in that bottom part. Agnos fanned a couple of times. 
Uh, and really only the, the, the show, the solo shot by Norby. That was the only uh, highlight as far as uh, runs go for the Pirates in this one. So now Memphis uh, will advance to take on Central Florida Thursday in uh, the winner's bracket. And then you've got uh, ECU at Cincinnati, and that game will be on tomorrow here, 2.45 airtime, 3 o'clock first pitch. Uh, and I think maybe in some ways the less said about everything, the uh, the better. But the top-seeded Pirates lose 11-1 in uh, seven innings. Eight-seed Memphis opening round of the American Tournament. And uh, Pirates did get it going early with uh, Connor Norby's solo shot, AAC Player of the Year. Uh, but um, things did start to come off, unfortunately, and uh, you feel bad for Tyler Smith. I know Coach has got a lot of uh, confidence in Smitty, and, and he should. He's meant a lot to this Pirate program. Got off to a sneaky, really good start last year before COVID cost the season. This year has just struggled at times to lo- t- locate the fastball, and when you do that, that is that is uh, a killer. Memphis, by the way, those runs, three consecutive homers in that uh, four-run fifth inning. And we just didn't feel like playing all the cuts. <laughs> I mean, nobody wanted to relive that. It was terrible so now the pirates will play an elimination game uh, against cincinnati tomorrow afternoon again as we told you uh, three o'clock pirates did take seven of the eight meetings against the bearcats during the regular season including the next to last regular season series um, winning three of four there at cincinnati so there's some recent familiarity with the pirates uh, but you got to turn around and again kind of go back to what we talked about at the beginning of, of the program you know, there's some real, I think, people who are, you know, question, why wouldn't you start Gavin Williams, your ace, game And I, I don't necessarily, I'm not, look, it's easy to look back on that now and say you should have. But, I mean, your other options were Cooch Maynard, who's now been kind of regulated to the pin, in my opinion. Cooch uh, Maynard, regulated to the pin, but could have started. I mean, he's been there before. I think it's tough to put Wisenhunt as a freshman into this deal. Uh, but I, I just, I think at the end of the day, it, it, you've just, you've got to figure out a way. Just, just, just on paper, statistics, it just made no sense to start your race today. I mean, there's no point in, because you, you should win against Memphis today. You should be having Gavin Williams on a week's rest Thursday. Instead, he'll go tomorrow and with your season on the line. You'd rather have him on the mound with with your, you know, with this event on the line. And when I say season on the line, I mean, look, Pirates do need to win. They can't afford – things get real nervous for them on Sunday when they announce the 16 hosting sites if they get bounced from this thing tomorrow. Not saying they wouldn't be a host in the regional, but I, I think you're looking at a drop of – four or five spots maybe to, to 14, 15, or 16, quite possibly. Uh, but then you would have lost four in a row. It, it's just, I mean, if you're going to have a stopper during this thing, you feel good about Gavin Williams tomorrow. Uh, we're going to uh, get a break here in just a second, shift uh, gears a little bit to uh, hockey. Uh, and uh, let's, uh, before we do that, go to Derek. He is standing by with uh, a sports update for you here. Halftime of the show, bottom of the hour. Derek will run through uh, 
what else happened at the American Athletic Conference Tournament? What is going to happen tonight? And also uh, some stuff out of the ACC uh, tournament. They're playing over in Charlotte. Uh, Pirate fans with some eyes on that. Uh, we'll talk some hockey with Brian LeBlanc coming up. Right now, Derek with a 94.3 The Game Sports Update. I scared myself there. Howdy, y'all. Thanks, Patrick. I'm Derek Alcorn with your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. As we covered, ECU got smacked by Memphis in the Pirates' opening game of the American Athletic Conference Tournament in Clearwater, Florida today. The Tigers hammer the Pirates in 11-1 in seven innings, leading a one-zip. Memphis erupts for five-run third inning as they chase the senior starter Tyler Smith for East Carolina. The Pirates could never get back on track offensively, and with that, the Pirates took more, four more in the fifth, and they advanced to the winner's bracket to take on UCF, who outsucked Cincinnati 14-10. Now the Pirates and the Bearcats play tomorrow at 3 o'clock together in the loser's bracket of the conference tournament and you can hear that game right here on 94.3 the game starting at 245. Still to come in the league tournament we have Houston and second seed Tulane underway and later tonight as it's South Florida and Wichita State. In the ACC tournament in Charlotte Louisville tops Clemson 15 to 10 and in action now it's Virginia leading Virginia Tech and later tonight Pittsburgh and UNC. Game five tonight in the NHL division for hockey of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Hurricanes back at home and tied at two to two with Nashville and the Canes and the Predators face off at eight o'clock tonight from Raleigh. Greenville native and Major League Baseball umpire Joe West is set to break the Hall of Famer Bill Clem's record for the most seasoned games by an umpire tonight. West made his MLB debut in 1976 at the age of 23 and plans to retire following the 2021 season. Tonight, Cowboy Joe will umpire his 5,376th game. I'm Derek Alcorn with your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. A preview of the Kane and the Predators is straight ahead on the PJ Show. Oh, it's, it's Radio 101 when you're doing an interview on the Carolina Hurricanes in these parts, right? Just fire up the Scorpions. Uh, Brian LeBlanc, Canes country. That's right. Brian LeBlanc, Canes country. Joining us uh, on the phone. He'll be covering the game uh, tonight, game five. Uh, the most pivotal game of uh, any series. Game five, of course. Uh, as uh, Brian joins us uh, here, Canes Preds later on this evening. Mr. LeBlanc, how are you, buddy? It's always a pleasure to speak to you and get my theme music coming on. So, you know, I I always look forward to that. And I, I know that you and uh, your, you and the uh, rest of the crew over there never let me down. Right. So that's good yeah, to know. there you go. Uh, Derek in for Ben today. Ben, by the way, said that uh, he thought that the the series would be a sweep. Alec Campbell, in so many words, told us the series would be a sweep. Yet we're tied at 2-2. Why? Uh, well, for one thing, the Hurricanes are having trouble scoring goals. Uh, they have gotten some, but they haven't gotten enough. And especially the last couple games in Nashville, they've had their chances and uh, haven't been able to do uh, what they need to do with it. So, uh, the you know, it's a fairly simplistic answer, but... Uh, the way they're going to win this series is by, you know, actually converting some of these chances they've gotten rather than putting them into the side of the net or firing them wide or right into the goalie's chest. Brian LeBlanc on his way to the uh, arena, perhaps doing road work. I, it's either or. Hard to tell. We'll see. Uh, Brian LeBlanc. Yeah, you know, it, it, it can always be something, right? <laughs> Brian LeBlanc from CanesCountry.com uh, with us. Uh, game five tonight of the uh, divisional round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. 
uh, at uh, the PNC Arena. Carolina, the Hurricanes, uh, taking on the Predators of Smashville. Uh, and uh, the series is tied at two. Both teams have uh, held serve on uh, home ice. Puck drop at 8 o'clock tonight. Uh, we appreciate Brian taking a few minutes with us uh, here. I always tell you not to go inside hockey nerd on these things, but I, I'm going yeah, go, to go a little inside hockey nerd here. So the Canes 0 for 4 on their power play on Sunday. And mm-hmm. uh, is that unit, particularly that frontline power play unit, does it do a shakeup in your mind? Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. I, I understand the thinking behind not messing with it when it was going well. Um, when Jordan Stahl got on that unit when Tavo Teravainen was hurt. Uh, but Teravainen's fine now. He's healthy. And there's no reason in my mind that he shouldn't go back on that top power play unit. I mean, they need to get something going. It goes with that, you know, idea of scoring goals when you have chances given to you. I think that Rod Brindamore, when he was uh, making his point about the referees after game three, I think he had a reasonable point. Uh, but then they got the power plays in game four and they did nothing with them. So, you know, at some point you got to, you know, you can only politics so far. You've got to, you know, actually finish the job. And right now the Hurricanes power play is doing that, which is an unusual spot for them to be in as good as the power play has been this year. But this series has been anything but. Brian, how much are the Canes missing uh, Jacob Slavin day to day? Aren't we all? Uh, day-to-day with yeah. a lower body injury, uh, but how much is, is, is Slavin not in the lineup really hurting this team right now? Oh, it's huge. It, I mean, that's, no player is completely irreplaceable, I don't think, but Slavin's about as close as you can get, uh, with apologies to Brett Pesci, who's probably the other one in that same category. I mean, look, you miss your top defenseman, a guy who regularly plays 25 minutes a game in a regulation game, would have easily been, you know, north of 30, close to 40 probably in the last couple of double overtime games, you know, that's going to take a toll. And you can see it not just in how the players are uh, are adjusting or not, in the case they be, but specifically in how Dougie Hamilton's adjusted. I mean, it just hasn't been the same for him the last couple of games. Um, you know, not being able to pair with your normal defenseman throws you for a loop. But then, you know, Hamilton's a better defenseman than that, and he's just been – in a what for the whatever reason the past couple games and if the Hurricanes are going to find a way to pull this series out without Slavin they've got to get something from Hamilton uh he's got to at least get back to normal he can't be the liability that he was uh when he was responsible first for the uh for the first goal on uh, on Sunday and then uh taking the wrong route around the net you know, that led to the game winner on in double overtime I mean they've got to have without Slavin they can't afford for Hamilton to have the shaky games that he's had the last couple of games. Brian LeBlanc, Uh He will be covering the game tonight uh, there. Follow him uh, on the Canes Country Twitter feed. Also, uh, at Brian LeBlanc on Twitter as well. Hey, let me ask you this. Uh, the officiating's been criticized pretty heavily in the series. You referenced Rod Brindamore's uh, comments, which uh, I don't think he got fined, did he? He's at least as No, of, he didn't. Yeah. Actually... To an extent, there's uh, there, there's a bit of protection in the fact that two other coaches were complaining about the officials at the same time. So I would, uh, you know, uh, John Cooper from the Lightning and Craig Ruby from the uh, now eliminated St. Louis Blues uh, both basically said the same thing that Rod did uh, either that night or the next night. Uh, so the NHL couldn't really make an example of Rod without doing it to all three of them, and none of them really rose to the level of 
you know, more than a slap on the wrist. I mean, Rod's right. I mean, one of the things that the players like about him is that he'll go to bat for his players, won't throw them under the bus. I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna criticize the referees for you know for his own players failing. If, if it's a legitimate penalty, you know, if there's a legitimate disparity, then he's not gonna say anything. But you know, the disparity, especially in Game Three, was pretty glaring. Uh, I got back to normal again on Sunday, but you know, then again. You got the power plays, he did nothing with them. So, you know, that's only half the battle. And so, you know, maybe things have been reset a little bit now. I mean, it's going to help him coming home tonight for sure. But uh, the, the refereeing has definitely been a subplot to this series. And coaches do that. I mean, it's, it's just part of the game plan. It always comes at about the same point in the series. And, you know, it, and it did this time. And it seems to have gotten the Hurricanes the benefit of a down a little bit more on Sunday, so we'll see if that carries over. Yeah, uh, would expect it to, to possibly at home, but uh, we shall see. You never know how this goes. What have the uh, Preds been successful in, in doing here? I mean, I, I hear so much about they've kind of, uh, you know, muddied this thing up, uh, a real grabby kind of uh, a team, a team that's out there really kind of trying to muddle this thing down. Uh, in layman's terms, what does that mean, and, and have they succeeded at least uh, – uh, well, I, I would think they've succeeded certainly at home because uh, they've got uh, this series tied at two. But uh, kind of it, go off riff a little on that for us, if you will. There's there's the two big things that I think the Predators have can point to as being successful, and the first is that they've pretty successfully gotten the Hurricanes off their game. Um, the Hurricanes aren't a team that's built for these little scuffles after the whistle. Um, on just about every whistle, which has pretty much been the Predators' M.O., uh, you could tell coming in that their goal was just to kind of get in the Hurricanes' heads a little bit, uh, just to kind of knock them off their rocker, just a, just a fraction. It's nothing that's, you know, against the rules or anything, uh, but the Hurricanes aren't built to play a game where they're getting in these, you know, little dust-ups at every whistle. And, you know, it's taken them some time to, to kind of reorient themselves to that. And the other thing, honestly, is just the play of UC Soros. Uh, the goalie for the Predators has been outstanding. He's carried on, uh, was one of the hottest goalies in the league um, uh, through the end of the regular season, and he's kept that up into the playoffs. And it's taking nothing away from Alex Nedeljkovic, who's been fantastic. Uh, but a, a, a goalie draw, given how the rest of the series go, has gone, is advantage Predators. And Soros has... Uh, kept the kept the uh, Predators in games, even when even in Game Two, the one they lost three uh, nothing. Saros was incredible in that game. It was just that his teammates gave him absolutely no help. Um, so you know the Hurricanes have to figure out a way to solve him. Uh, you know, again, goes back to scoring goals, but this time of year you kind of know what you're dealing with, and so uh, it's going to be in, incumbent on the Hurricanes to try to you know get Saros moving, get him a little uncomfortable in the crease, and you know, hopefully get something past one of the hottest bullies in the league over the past month or so. There's a lot of moaning and groaning from our brethren in the media, uh, the Triangle Sports Media especially, uh, about an 8 o'clock o'clock face-off tonight, which, I mean, seems reasonable to me. But 9.30 on Thursday, LeBlanc, you're going to have to tell me all about it Friday. I'm going to be so far asleep, it's not even funny. (laughs) Well, welcome to the Central Division, team, man. This is uh, this is unfortunately a regular occurrence every year, and you know it's, it's honestly nothing more than bad luck that the uh, the games that the series that are over are both Eastern series, um, and so it doesn't really leave the NHL with much of an option. They have to 
you know, they have to provide TV inventory and what sports is not just a, you know, a, a TV inventory play these days. Um, and, you know, the, the other game going on that night is a, is a couple of Canadian teams. Yeah. Uh, they, they kind of get to rule the roost when it comes to their time slots. And, you know, we get the, we, we get the crumbs. So, you know, yeah, 9.30 is uh, very, very, very suboptimal. Uh, it's pretty rare that you'd have a game starting that late where one of the, you know, it's not unusual that you'd have a game in Central Time starting at 8.30, but what's unusual is that an Eastern Time game or an Eastern Time team is involved in that. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, you know, it, it's another another downstream byproduct of this crazy year, um, but that's well, God willing, that should be it. Yeah, you, know, you said it perfectly too. This is a, uh, I mean, as, as interested in the Hurricanes as uh, we are, you know, nationally, it, it just right now doesn't resonate as as name brand as some other. I mean, look no further than what NBC puts on every Sunday. I mean, the, my God, the Rangers stink and they play every Sunday on national television. It's like the Cowboys yep. in, in the NFL. All right, uh, final thing here, just a, a couple of quick keys uh, for the Canes to win tonight. Uh, convert on your chances. Uh, don't let chances go by. Uh, when you get power plays, take advantage of them. And uh, and honestly, play off the crowd. Uh, the crowd was a big difference in games one and two. It was a big difference in Nashville, and the Hurricanes needed to be that again tonight. Um, I think it will be. I think they win this game. I, mean, I, had, I didn't have this series in a sweep, but I did have it in five, so that's not happening. But I still think at the end of the day, the Hurricanes are the better team. And, you know, assuming they can – overcome the loss of Slavin and there's you know it's still up in the air day to day as you said like we all are um you know if, if they can overcome that I still think they have a good chance to win this series they just need to get back to what was making them successful and uh in you know propelled them to the division title because uh, they haven't been back to that game yet this series I don't think and if they can get back there they'll they'll be in much better shape Brian LeBlanc canescountry.com blogger follow him at Brian LeBlanc on Twitter at Canes Country on uh, Twitter uh, LeBlanc thank you P man it's a pleasure talk to you soon take care All right. All right. thank you what was that oh at BD LeBlanc my bad at BD LeBlanc on Twitter i got so excited about LeBlanc being on with us uh all right so uh Look, I misspoke a little earlier. It's not going to be Gavin Williams tomorrow. We'll tell you who the Pirates are going to throw. Tell you a little bit about uh, a couple of games have been scheduled as well for uh, Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, involving a couple of teams from the state in football. Uh, all of that on the other side, Patrick Johnson Show. Low of uh, 68 tonight. Oh, you won. Hot high tomorrow of 94. Gracious. Uh, Thursday, 93, clouds will start to build. Calling for uh, about a 1-3 in three chance of an isolated storm Friday, but a uh, blazing hot high of 95. And then in the 70s, Saturday, Sunday, and uh, Memorial Day. 50, 50 shot at uh, scattered thunderstorms on Saturday, by the way. 82 currently out at the uh, airport. Pirate baseball tomorrow as they will take on uh, Memphis, or excuse me, Cincinnati. Uh, tough start for the Pirates today in Clearwater. ECU uh, gets thumped 11-1-7. to They'll face Cincinnati tomorrow at 3. And the six-year senior Matt Bridges, it's been announced, will start for the Pirates on the mound. So that is uh, a little 
perplexing. I, you know, I know Coach God would trust Smitty, trust Matt Bridges. Uh, so that is uh, the pitching uh, matchup uh, for the Pirates, at least tomorrow. Matt Bridges will get the start. You know, if you there's still a lot of conjecture, and should you have started Gavin Williams today, he's your number one guy. But again, you ought to be able to beat the putrid number eight team in your conference uh, in this game today. And Memphis played like they had nothing to lose. Stennett pitched like uh, Cy Young, and here you go. You're in the loser's bracket. Uh, and uh, we'll have to win your way uh, through to get to uh, a chance to win a championship. But uh, 11-1, that was uh, kind of a listless final today. Very frustrating outing for the Pirates. ECU uh, now uh, will take on the Bearcats, who they took 7-8 from this season. Uh, Gavin Williams would have gone on four and a half days of rest. You just can't do that, especially with a guy that has such a bright future. I mean, Coach Goblin and company would never put that guy's long-term prospects at risk. And, you know, let's face it, uh, next week is uh, – it's important, not that this week is not, but next week is certainly important. And I think this ECU team has shown that they're a a top – 10 caliber uh, team and and by winning the regular season and playing like they have all year. Uh, they're in a funk right now. There's undoubtedly no question about that. Uh, 14-10 UCF over Cincinnati earlier today. Scoreless at the bottom of the third between Houston and Tulane. Of course, uh, we told you Memphis beat the Pirates. Uh, 3-2 Virginia over Virginia Tech. Top of the eighth in Charlotte in the ACC tournament. Pittsburgh and Carolina play tonight. Louisville top Clemson today 15-10. And in the uh, SEC, and that's, I think, a single elimination deal, uh, Florida bounces Kentucky today, and South Carolina got eliminated. Alabama beats them 9-3. to So no chance for uh, the Gamecocks to host, and that's been a team that has kind of been paired with ECU, so they will have come off a defeat, a sound defeat. We'll see what ends up happening uh, when they uh, announce the host sites, the host sites officially on uh, Sunday. A lot of baseball to be played between now and then. Uh, thanks to Derek uh, in today for Ben. No base, uh, no show tomorrow. Pirate baseball at three. And uh, we will uh, talk with you very soon. Have a great evening.